is a sheer only kote sichais chelek tezayin. Book 16, Va'era, the second sicha. On the pasuk which says, Who Aaron and Moshe? This was Aaron and Moshe that Hashem told them to take the Bnei Sol out of Egypt. And you see, just to give you a little, a little rundown on the pasuk, on the psukim. Um, the book of Va'era speaks about that um, Hashem spoke to Moshe and says, I am Hashem, and I appear to Abraham to Yaakov with the, with the name Kel Shakai, not with the Shem Avaya, and then he says, and I will take the Jews out of Israel, bring them into the land of Israel. But Moshe spoke to them, and they saw like this, they didn't want to listen because of hard work and because of shortness of breath. And then Hashem spoke to Moshe, go speak to Parai, come speak to Parai, the king of Egypt, he should send out the Jewish people, etc., and then it says, Hashem spoke to Moshe and Aaron, and he said, speak to the Bnei Sol to take the Jews out of Egypt. Then in Shani, the Torah digresses, so to speak. It speaks about, now that we spoke about Moshe and Aaron, let's say who, um, you know, who they're from. So they came from Shevet Levi, and we give a rundown on Shevet Levi. And then it says who Aaron got married to. And then it says, uh, who Elazar the son of Aaron got married to, and he had Pinchas, and then it says, Who Aaron and Moshe? Going back to the first point, we said earlier that Yechevet and Amram had children. This is the Aaron and Moshe that Hashem told them, Take them and they saw a lot of Egypt. These are the ones that spoke to Pyre, the king of Egypt, to send them and they saw a lot of Egypt. This is Moshe and Aaron. Okay. So on this Pasuk, after the genealogy and after the rundown, the Pasuk comes back and says, This is Aaron and Moshe, which Hashem said, Take them and they saw a lot of Egypt. So it says Aaron first. It says Rashi, there are places where the Pasuk first prefaces Aaron to Moshe. There are places where the Pasuk prefaces Moshe to Aaron to tell you that they're shkulim ke'echad, they are equal as one. They have the same weight as one. So, this Indian, this concept, also is brought into Sefta and in Medrash. But there it says different language. It says, there it says, everywhere, b'chol makim, everywhere Moshe is brought before Aaron. And in one place, it says Aaron before Moshe to tell us that they are shkulim, they are evenly weighted. Why does Rashi says there are some places where it says Aaron before Moshe and some places where it says Moshe before Aaron? Not like the Tesefta and the Medrash. It says everywhere it says Moshe before Aaron and in one place it says Aaron before Moshe. So we understand simply because in Pshat, it doesn't seem proper to say it doesn't seem plausible to say that from the fact that in one place the Torah changes the order different than it's the order in every place, that that should teach you such a big chiddush, such a big piece of news, that in all the places that they're mentioned, it doesn't matter who's first, who's second, we have this rule that they're equal as one. So for Rashi, who's learning pshat, just because if it would just say it in one place, that's not enough to give us that rule for everywhere. Square brackets, the says, this will also explain to us why the Medrash brings a bunch of other things that always it says it one way and then once it says it the other way and it tells you that they're weighted evenly. Um, the, Rashi doesn't comment on all those places and the reason for that would be because Rashi, if it's just one place that's an aberration, he'll explain that one place, but it won't, that won't be a rule that will tell you about every time those two things are mentioned. Rashi would say that if it's only one place that there's an, a difference, so there's, there's a particular reason why in this particular place there's a change. For example, it says usually, it says uh, in the Pasuk, Ish a person should fear his mother and father. Um, 
And Rashi says here, it says mother before father. You know why? Because it's well known that, says Hashem, well known before me that the son usually has more awe and reverence and fear of his father more than his mother. And elsewhere, we know that Hashem prefaces <coughs> in honor, it says, honor your father and mother. That's because usually the tendency is to honor, respect your mother more. Because she, she, you know, she uh, appeases him with various things, you know, the closeness of a mother. So that's why the pastor changed it around to teach you something. But it's, so in other words, when once, when usually it's one way, and then once it's changed, so there needs to be an explanation for that. So Rashi, when he wants to make a point of that, always, Moshe Ar and Aramish doesn't make a difference which way they're said. It's always going to be, they're always going to be equal. Rashi says, you can't just bring one place where Aaron is said before Moshe. He says, some places Aaron before Moshe, and some places Moshe before Aaron, in the plural, because only when there's this change in more than one place, in Kamal Mekemes, there's a bunch of places, that's when you can learn this rule, that Shkulim Ke'echad, they are balanced as one. Base. But now we have to understand, one second. Obviously, if Rashi says there are places, there's more than one place, and the Medrash just says there's one place that Aaron comes from Moshe. It's not going to be an argument in reality, Metzias, because whether there is more than one place in the Torah that says Aaron before Moshe or not, the Torah is an open book. Go and look. The difference is there are obviously more than one place, but the question is in those other places where the Pasuk puts Aaron before Moshe, besides for the Pasuk we're under discussion now, but all the other places. Is it in order to give us this lesson that they're to be looked at as one? Or maybe there that order is required for another reason. So you see those other places in the Torah where the Pasuk brings first Aram before Moshe are, we're going to list them now, are in this parsha itself. A few Pesukim ago it says that Amram got married to Yocheved and had Aaron and Moshe. Oh, Aaron listed before Moshe. In the portion of Amidbet it says, Eilat told us these are the children of Aaron and Moshe. Third of all, in Parshat Pincha it says that when it recounts the history of the Jewish birth, of the Jewish uh, uh, children, it says that Aaron, that uh, Yochavit gave, that Amram had Aaron and Moshe. So you see three other places where Aaron is said in formation. Now, it's understood simply why the Tesefta and the Medrash didn't count those as being um, places where Aaron is written before Moshe to tell you a point. Why? To tell you that they're equal as one. Because there it's talking about the birth. Of course, in the birth, or the children... So Aaron has to come first. And that's, the, that's the order of their birth. However, so now we have to understand, so how does Rashi say that there are various places where Aaron is in formation? Those places, uh, they're not about telling you that they're equal as one. They're because that's the way they were born. So how did those psukim fit? Gimel. So we would be able to say, that the intention of Rashi is, not the psukim that uh, she gave birth to Aaron and Moshe in our parsha, or that Amram had Aaron and Moshe in Parshas Pinchas, maybe it just means the Pasuk, Ve'ele tell us Aaron and Moshe, in Bamidbar, where it says, these are the children of Aaron and Moshe, it's not talking about the birth of Aaron and Moshe, it's talking about their children. And on the contrary, the children of Moshe aren't even mentioned there. And Rashi has to comment there that this teaches us that anybody who teaches the son of his friend Torah, it's as if he gave birth to him, because it's speaking about these are the children of Aaron and Moshe, and it only says the children of Aaron. Because Moshe taught them. Right? So that's why they're called the sons of the children of Moshe. So there, it should have said Moshe and Aaron, especially, <laughs> the point there is that Moshe is the one who's teaching them the Torah. Right? 
So why does Aaron get listed there first? So possibly that's a place, that's another place where Aaron is listed for Moshe, where we can learn from that that it's in order to tell us that they're equal. Right? Because there's another place. So that's already plural. And this Pasuk, under our discussion, this was Aaron and Moshe. And that other Pasuk in Bamida where it says, these are the children of Aaron and Moshe, where really it should have said Moshe first, that's two places, and that would tell you that uh, different than the other places, all the other places where it says Moshe first, and then Aaron, these two places, where it could have also said Moshe first, and then Aaron, it says Aaron first, to tell you that they're like one. But it's difficult to say that that's what Rashi intends, because if Rashi really only meant to call your attention to that Pasuk in Bamidba, where it talks about the children of Moshe, Aaron, the Pasuk, he should have said it. Um, I mean, the fact that he said there are places and leaves it more uh, leaves it more unnamed. Stam, it's much sure that there are other places, and you already know about those places. It doesn't have to give you a place. We've already learned those places, or at least other references to things that are spoken about in our context here in these parshas. Dalit. Also, it's difficult in this Rashi. The, the, the beginning of Rashi says, "This is Aaron and Moshe." And Rashi says, these that were mentioned above, that Yocheved gave birth to Amram. In other words, this Pasuk are going flying right back to be a continuation of the topic of the birth of Aaron Amesha, which is said earlier, giving birth to Yocheved. So one second. So that, that's not a place where Aaron shouldn't have been mentioned first. That's exactly the natural place where Aaron needs to be mentioned first. So how can the... Pasuk learn. We're saying, this is Aaron and Moshe. And Rashi says, the ones that were born to Yocheved and Amram. Well, okay, that's why Aaron's mentioned first. He was born first. How, how can Rashi go on and say, this teaches us they're like one. Even if you want to say that the continuation of the Pasuk continues, this is the Aaron and Moshe, which Hashem told them, take the Jews out of Israel. So you see, it's not about their birth. This is the Aaron and Moshe that Hashem said, it's about their mission. In the mission, Moshe should be mentioned first. But still, Rashi sort of pointed that out here specifically, just like where it says a man should fear his mother and father. And, the, and, the, and, and Rashi points out, why does it say mother first? It's because we need to emphasize mother, especially when it comes to fear. Usually that's de-emphasized. So he sort of mentioned here the fact that the Pasuk says, this is iron emotion. It says iron first is because by putting iron first, the Torah is emphasizing, don't think that since we're talking about the, the, the mission to get them out of Egypt, which, if you read the simple reading of the Psukim, it seems that Moshe was the main, the mainstay of this, the one who Hashem uh, uh, chose and entrusted with this mission. No, no, don't think like that. That's why the Pasuk has to say, first, Aaron, even about this Shlichus, to tell you this is Aaron and Moshe. Aaron is not just secondary to the Shlichus. In this Shlichus, he's actually an integral part. So just point that out. Why does it actually say it in a more generic language? In some places it says that Aaron first, in some places it says Mishmas. Really, the, the whole point is here about the Shlichas. So we'll understand first, but let's ask first a few more questions to Rashi. Rashi says, on the, on the words, who are in Amesha, this are in Amesha, he says, these ones that we mentioned earlier, that Yechevit gave birth to Amram. And according to the Nusach in several prints of Rashi, there's a different version. He says, he continues, and this is Aaron Amesha, that Hashem... This is the Aaron Moshe that Hashem said. In some places it says Aaron first, some places Moshe. So Lechayi, we have to understand. What connection in, in Indian, in, in, in content, is the fact that some places Aaron comes first to tell you that they're weighted as one, what does that have to do with the opening words of Rashi? These are the ones that were mentioned above. It's a, it's a separate topic. Two, if we're trying to explain why there's a difference 
in the names where Aaron mentioned first and other places Moshe mentioned first. So he should have brought exactly in this parsha, in the continuation, this pasuk. It says, "Who Moshe Aaron?" Right. So the the pasuk opened up. The pasuk opened up. Who Aaron and Moshe? And then in the continuation, the next pasuk over. What does it say in the next pasuk over? The next pasuk over. Hey, Mamadari continues. These were the ones that spoke to Parim and Mitzrayim. He, this is Moshe and Aaron. One pasuk over. It says Moshe first. Um, and even if you want to say, one second, one second, one second. I lost my spot. Da 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 da. Yeah, so this diuk is, what's the connection between, he said, these are the ones that were given birth to Yechavet and Aaron. And then he says, some places, jumps from there to say, some places Aaron first, some places Moshe first. Also, if he wants to talk about the difference, just bring the, the, the next Pasagovis, says Moshe for Aaron. Also, we have to understand, why do you have to bring Yesh Mekoymes, a whole bunch of places, just bring the next Pasag, simple. Two Pesukim, one says Aaron first, one says Moshe first. Also, we have to understand, what is Rashi adding by saying these were the ones that were mentioned above that Yechevet gave birth to Amram. I mean, you would have thought there are other ones. We mentioned before that Amram gave birth, Yechevet gave birth with Amram to Aaron and Moshe. Why do we have to go both? These are the ones that she gave birth to. Them. It's a couple of psukim back. But who else is it? Next question. Why does Ashe Shkulim Kechot? They have equal weight. Not like the Lushan that says in Medrash, Shkulim Zekazer, they are Evenly, they're, they're, they weigh the same. Each one weighs the same as the other. Hey, like many questions of the Rebbe, this, in other words, you'll, you'll get the nuance of the question when you see the answer. What, is, what does exactly mean, shkulins? Is that they're weighed, shkulim ke'echad, they're weighed as one. Or why is that different between weighed one against the other? Five, be'ikr, this, and the Rebbe says, this is a main question. How can you say about Moshe Aaron that they are weighted as one? Uh, even a five-year-old can see that there's no one that can be compared to Moshe Rabbeinu. And already he knows from Rashi before that when Moshe Rabbeinu is born, the whole house got full of light. And he's the savior of the Jews from the very beginning, etc., etc. So, and, and Rashi doesn't even make a point. What do you mean, shkulin, that they're equal? Vav. In the Chosik afterwards, Rashi... In quoting the words, hey, Mami Dabri, these were the ones who spoke to Pahara, he says, these were the ones that were instructed, these were the ones that fulfilled. Now, the Meshavarim were instructed about it, and the Meshavarim fulfilled it. Simply speaking, Rashi is trying to forewarn, as Mufarsham explained, the question that could arise. Why does the Paschal say, these are the ones who spoke to Pahara? We know that already. So Rashi says, no, the Paschal is trying to emphasize, these were the ones that were instructed, these are the ones that carried through the instruction. Well, but what is that teaching us? Is a Chiddush that Moshe and Aaron fulfilled what Hashem instructed them to do? And then on the second passage where it says, who Moshe and this is Moshe and Rashi says, they were in their shlichas, in their mission, and in their tzitkos, in their piety, in their righteousness from the beginning to the end. That's not understood. What's, why is this necessary to say with, a, with such a, uh, with, as if it's a big virtue, that they stayed complete and whole in their mission and their piety from beginning to end? Number two, 
what are these two different? These two these are shlichusam and tzitkosam. Their mission and their saintliness. Tzitkos. If Mashi means their general mission and piety, so as it says in the Gemara, so Rashi should have said like the Gemara. They were in their level of piety, of, of righteousness from beginning to end. Why does he add, and their mission? It's an addition to the Gemara. And if he means to continue the theme he said at the beginning of the passage, which is they were the ones who were instructed, they were the ones who fulfilled, so it's most important that they were completing their mission from beginning to end. Why did he have to mention Sitkus, their saintliness? Gimel, another question. Why does Rashi... Um, at the beginning of his of his commentary, say Haim. Why doesn't he just jump into the interpretation? He quotes again from the pasuk Haim. These ones were um, the pasuk just said who Meshvan. This was Meshvan. Should have just said they were in their shlichus and that's it. Because from beginning to end, why does he have to say Haim? Those ones were in there. Okay. A lot of uh, different detailed questions, but with the explanation will bring out the beauty of the questions. Zayin. The explanation. All this is the kasha that Rashi comes to answer is. These two psukim are totally redundant. Why? We already said before that Hashem spoke to Meish and Aaron and instructed them. It's only as Rashi said earlier, now we spoke about them, so now the Pasuk takes an interruption to tell you how they were born, whose pedigree, for what their pedigree is, what their, what their yichus is, right? But once the Pasuk finishes telling you who they are, where they come from, the mishpachalogia, the, 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 as we call it, the familyology, now we start saying Hashem spoke. As Rashi says, the exact same, the exact same instruction that we already recorded earlier that Hashem told them. Now Hashem spoke; they should do it. It's not a new thing. Why does the pasuk have to say again that Hashem spoke? He already said it, and it doesn't just say Hashem spoke and told them to go. It again repeats: "This is Aaron and Moshe, which Hashem told them." Hello, we know this already. So Rashi says, "No, there's something going on here." He says, "These are the ones that were mentioned earlier that Yechevet gave birth to Amram, and this explains why." Why we even have to interrupt by telling us their pedigree? Why is it so important? Ches, you're going to love this. The explanation is, we already learned earlier about the mother of Meishav Aaron, Yecheved, that she didn't listen to Paro's decree. He said, if it's a boy, you got to kill him. The midwives were God-fearing, and they didn't do like the king of Egypt had instructed them. Not just they didn't fulfill his instruction, his, his command, to kill the Jewish boys. More than that, they brought them life. They gave them food and drink. She tried to do everything that she could to get rid of the gezeira, to get rid of the decree of Pare, the cruel, horrible decree. And she did the opposite. She rebelled against him. And we see also that Moshe and Aaron's father, Amram, also. I... Pare tried to demoralize the people. People should want to have kids. And indeed, Amram got Got, got divorced, but then he got married again in open defiance of what Pari was trying to achieve. And then they had Moshe Rabbeinu. Now the Torah is giving us a point. The Torah is saying, you know why? Hashem spoke to Moshe and Aaron. Told him to go to Pari and get the, and tell the Jewish, and tell Pari to send Jewish people out of Egypt. You know why Hashem chose them? Now I'm going to tell you where they come from. Because this is Aaron and Moshe that Yecheved gave birth to Amram. Because of that schus, that merit, and that, that, that achievement of the mother and father that they sustained and brought to life the Jews in Egypt by the acts of defiance, the midwife and Amram. 
That's why they became, these are the ones that Hashem told, the, told to take the Jewish people out of, out of Mitzrayim. Oh, one second. If so, it's difficult to understand because the fact that Amram got remarried is only because for the birth of Moshe. Amram was already born for that second marriage. Also, the rebellion of Yecheved was after the birth of Aaron. It was by the birth of, of Moshe that she had to hide, and when they couldn't hide him anymore, they put him in the water, right? So that means that the, the main, the main uh, person in terms of even preparing the, 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 the platform for the redemption, which was done by Yecheved's initial acts of rebellion, only really has to do with Moshe. So in this pasuk, when we're saying, this is Aaron and Moshe, and we're saying, and the reason they're chosen is because they're Yecheved and Amram's kids, who are sac- people of sacrifice. So then Moshe is the main object there of the sacrifice, of their rebellion. It was about Moshe's birth. So why doesn't it say Moshe first? And not just in this pasuk, where it says, who Aaron and Moshe, also earlier. When it speaks about the Yichus, if we said the whole purpose, giving the pedigree, giving their lineage is not just to tell us their lineage, but it's in order to tell us why Moshe had this and Aaron had this to be the shluchim, the, the emissaries, the messengers of Hashem to achieve the redemption. So one second, if we're giving the lineage to talk about redemption, it should also there have said Moshe and Aaron. Moshe was the key. Moshe was the centerpiece in that process, right? It's not just telling us lineage. It's telling us lineage related to why Moshe and Aaron are the redeemers. So that Moshe should take center stage there. Even when it's talking about them being born. So we already have two places where Aaron is brought first. So that's what Rashi says right away when he points this out. In other words, Rashi has pointed out here why the whole lineage is recorded. Because these are the guys that had sacrifice. If so, right away Rashi jumps in and says, and you know, there are some places where Aaron is told before Moshe, like in these two places. Where it should have been, really, because we're talking about the Messiah Snefesh, should have been Moshe first. Ah, you know why they're first? Because Shkul and Kechad tell you that they're equal as one. And now let's understand, what does it mean, Shkul and Kechad as one? It's not Pshat that Moshe and Aaron are equal, identical to each other. That they have the same level of, of greatness. No, we said they're different. But in this mission to take the Jews out of Egypt, they are both as one. They, they, they weigh as one. They become as one. In other words, they are equal in the fact that both are a part of one and the same shlichus. Some places where Aaron said before Moshe, some places where Moshe said before Aaron, because by both of them, there's one mission here to take the Jewish people out of Egypt. Yud. And the fact that the Posuk adds these were the ones that spoke to Paramelo in time to take the Jews out of Egypt, and it adds it as a separate thing. So for that we understand that also this detail that they're going to speak to Paramelo Mitzrayim, it's also for this detail relevant to know their lineage. That these are the ones we mentioned earlier. So we don't understand what's the connection between their lineage to the fact that they're the ones speaking to Paramelo. And he says, so Rashi continues, these were the ones that were instructed, these were the ones that fulfilled. In other words, the fulfillment of their mission of speaking to Parai was achieved because they were the ones that were born to Yecheved and Amram, who were people of, 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 of self-sacrifice. Same way that Yecheved 
her not listening and her acting against the decree of Parai was connected. It took a lot of effort and difficulty till she even had to be in a state of sacrifice because Parai called over the midwives and says, hey, what's going on? Why are you doing this? Why are you keeping the kids alive? That's why the Pesach emphasizes the fact that they didn't do what the king of Egypt wanted and they kept the kids alive is because they feared God. And for that very reason, they got a special gift. What was the special gift? The Pasuk says Hashem did good to the midwives. And because the midwives feared God, Hashem made them batim. Hashem made them homes. In other words, greatness in their homes. Great children. <coughs> Similarly, Amram, the fact that he got married the second time to Yechevet, this was also, <coughs> Rashi has pointed out, that had to do with there was miracles of there, there was with difficulty, and it was miracles. It was, it was, it was a, a, a state of <coughs> required effort. Similarly, Aaron and Moshe, when they had to come and speak to Parai, even though it was connected with difficulties, as the Torah says, that Parai said, hey, Moshe, Aaron, why are they disturbing the people from their work? Go back to your work. It was confrontational. That's why the Pesach continues. These were the ones who spoke to Parai Melech Mitzrayim to take Jews out of Egypt. That also when they're speaking to Parai, and in the way that they did what they had to do and they're carrying out their mission, you could see these are the children of Yechevet and Amram. In other words, the fact that Hashem told them to take the Menachal out of Egypt is because they were continuation and they were able to achieve the level and advantage of Amr Yechevet. To want to carry out with all their might the instruction of Hashem. As we see, they were the ones that were commanded, they were the ones that fulfilled. So this is, again, going back to the fact that they were children of Yechevet and Amram. That's why they had the schos, and that's why they were the ones that got the instruction and filled it, notwithstanding the, the difficulty. You know. Then when the Pasik says, Who my shah? This is my shanaran. Now we have two questions. What does it mean when the Torah again says the same thing? He just said, Who are the Mesh? This is Now, why is it saying now again, Who my shavaran? One Pasik later. Also, why does now the Torah change the language, the order? It says Mesh Bafaran. Right? Because we said some places say, uh, some places say Moshe Varan, but it doesn't mean Dafke this pasuk. Even a few pasukim before it said Moshe Varan, but, but why in this particular, right after it said Aram Formation, the next pasuk over, why right here does it inject Moshe Varan? Also, the pasuk starts in plural. They, Hey Muhammad they were the ones who spoke to Pari, and then it finishes, Who Moshe Varan? Not Hey Moshe they were Moshe Varan, Who Moshe this is Moshe singular. That's why Rashi explains, they and it says the word hey, repeats the hey, they in their mission and in their saintliness from beginning to end. The who Aaron, the he is Moshe Aaron, is not like before we said who are the this is Aaron the with Aaron first. But there the point was to say they're equal as one. Here the Kavan is that they in their mission, in other words, they, the two of them, the twosome, each one on his own, are like one. In other words, even though they're a they, they become like a who, they become like a one. But it's only in respect to what Hashem told them. Because Hashem gave them that instruction. But in the actual fulfillment of, the, of, the, of their mission, each one of them did it in their way. Uh, what do we see? We see that Moshe Rabbeinu, so to speak, argued with the Ebesh, with Hashem. He said, send, I don't want to go. Send the one you're going to send eventually. He thought it's, I don't want to be in a higher position than Aaron. Aaron, I know Aaron didn't resist. Aaron right away said, 
Moshe, Hashem told Aaron, your brother will see you, will be happy. Not like you think he's going to be upset that you're going to be higher than him. No. On the other hand, Moshe was the leader of this mission. Aaron was the orator, was the communicator. Sai, when it came to speaking to the Jewish people, and also when it came to speaking to Pari. Moshe was the Elikim, was the, the, the force for Pari. He was like the, the judge who's going to you know, put him into place and beat him and give him the, the punishments. And Aaron is going to be the Navi, he's going to be the communicator, he's going to explain to Pari what's going on. So they're not identical, they're different, but in the instruction of Hashem, they're, they're, they're part of one instruction, take the Jewish people out of Egypt. And then in the way they actually fulfill it, they're different. And that's what Rashi adds here in the Spirit. He says, they, plural, in their shlichas and sitkos, that the word who over here, where Moshe's foot for Aaron, it says who, he, it's going on Aaron, Moshe separately and Aaron separately, as if it would have said, who Moshe and who Aaron. And that's what Rashi, how Rashi explained by saying, they in their shlichas and sitkos. When it comes to the fulfillment of the shlichas, yeah, they're, they're plural. Two different ways of doing the shlichas, which has to do with their personality. With, that, with, their, with, the, with their advantages, each one of their advantages, and with, and with their tzitkus. Um, so, who are Anamayisha, which Hashem said, take the name of soul? So that's, Hashem told each one, who Maisha, who are. But Haim, the, the combination of them is that each one will, they're plural, each one will do what they're suited to do. You'd base from the Wine of Rashi, the wine of Ter that we can find in Rashi, in other words, the depth of Ter, Chassidus. So explaining Chassidus that Moshe and Aaron are corresponding to the two names Yudke Vavke, Havaya, and Elikim. You know, the name Yudke Vavke is a name higher than nature, past, present, future, and the name Elikim has the numerical value of Hateva, of nature. So when we say about who Aaron and Moshe, he is Aaron and Moshe, really, and, and he is Moshe and Aaron. In other words, uh, it doesn't say Haim Moshe Aaron, it says singular. He is Aaron and Moshe, and he is Moshe and Aaron. In those verses where it says singular, what does it tell us? That they're one thing. Just like we know that the Havaya Hu Elikim, the name Yudke Vavke, is Elikim. There's a unification. It's not like the higher than nature and nature are two, uh, two opposing forces in God. They're part of Hashem's higher than nature manifests in Hashem's name, which denotes nature. They're one. There's two ways, though, for this unification. This Hu Aaron this was Aaron and Moshe, and this is Moshe and Aaron. In other words, in the unification of the oneness of Havai and Elikim, there's two levels, and there's two types, which are hidden, which are alluded to in the word, when we say, Hashem Hu Elikim, Hashem Hu Elikim, it says it twice. The origin, you know it from uh, Ne'ilah, we say seven times. Why can we say it seven times? You can't say Shema Yisrael more than one time. Because in the Navi, when... Eliyahu had a showdown with the prophets of the Baal, and it was clear that Hashem is, the, Hashem is true, the people said twice, Hashem Hu Elikim, Hashem Hu Elikim. The fact that they said it twice tells us we can say it more than once. So we say it seven times on Yom Kippur to show how Hashem is ascending back to the seventh heaven. But what is it in the Pasuk and Navi where it says twice, what does it say twice, Hashem Hu Elikim? The point is made when you say it once. No, because there's two aspects. And it could be that this is the two psukim uh, in Atar Esladas. Let's look at the Pasuk. Atar Esladas, you Hashem have shown yourself so that it would be known, that we could know, Ki Hashem Olikim, that Hashem is Olikim. Eined Mavad is nothing besides you. There's another Pasuk that says, Vyadat, also in the Torah, Vyadat, you should know today and take to heart that Hashem is Olikim in the heavens and in the earth. And we're going to explain the nuances of these two Pasukim. We could say that these two Pasukim, who are in Amisha, 
it says Aaron first, Aaron is Elikim, right? So it's, it's talking about the level of Hashem Hu Elikim, the way it is um, from Atah um, Horeisa, and Hu Meisheva Aaron is the level of Hashem Elikim, Mitzad, from the place of Yodaita Yom. Let's understand, what do we mean? Yudgim. The explanation is like this. The Yichud, the unification of Hashem Elikim, of Atah Horeisa, is in a way that it's revealed from above to below. And the Alter Rebbe, Translated, explain this ato reisa. We say it every when we take out the Torah every week. Ato is do atzmo sein sev baruch you the essence of Hashem. Hor eisa hosich bavizin you have shown yourself ladas amizol dechvizin so that we can know you. Ato hor eisa ladas you Almighty God atzmos have shown yourself so that we may know you. Revelation from above so that we may know you. And that's why it doesn't say in this pasuk in heavens and in earth, in heavens above and in earth below. Because when you're talking about the revelation from above, um, you see in everything, you see its source, you see its aboveness. Um, in Seamus, in the... Ne- I'm not sure what this means in Seamus. Sorry. Maybe be- uh, not sure. And uh, and and um, Shamayim and Oretz therefore don't are not visible as their own distinct identity. However, when we say Hashem Holy Kim in the next in the other pasuk in, in the Varim, which says we are died, you should know today and take to heart. That's coming from down below. That's the person coming to the knowledge that Hashem is. Hashem is Elikim, higher than nature, is, is, is really the source of nature, it's one thing. Through the service, Be'odaita, saying, you should know it, you should come to this realization. It's not from Hashem's revelation. And that's why here it says, and you have to know that this is the same Hashem which is in the heaven above and in the earth below, because they're there, heaven and earth, when we're coming from our perspective, heaven and earth are different. So in other words, from, when we talk about the unification from coming from above and discovering that it's really one thing with the, uh, coming from below, discovering it's really one thing with the above, there you can, there the distinction of above and below is, is, is felt. And therefore you need to totally inculcate yourself with this concept of Hashem, Hu Elikim, above, below, it has to be, be permeate all the details, all the aspects, all the levels. And on, the other, on the other side, it's, it would look sound lower, right? Because you're coming to it from below, but on the other hand, in that unification from below, climbing upwards, the knowledge that you have, that knowledge, that awareness, expresses more the oneness of Hashem. More than coming from above, coming from the perspective where Hashem has shown you how Hashem Hu'alikim. Why? Because um, the fact that you can live in a world, you can understand even though the world is a reality from where you're coming, from your perspective, yet you can understand that really that reality is not a reality. It's only the reality of Hashem. To be able to get to that level, it has to come from a much deeper level. It has to come from Atmos itself, from the essence of Hashem. Because the essence of Hashem can, doesn't get thrown off, doesn't have any problem with opposites. So how can we be in existence and understand that really we're not in existence? That comes from such a high level of Hashem where we can, those two things can coexist. And these are the two Positionings of whom are in Amish and whom Aishavaran, which Rashi is, is revealing to us, if you learn Rashi in a Kabbalistic way. This is Aranamesha, says Rashi, these ones that were mentioned above. 
that Yechavet gave birth to Amram. Ah, this is the level of Hashem Olikim, the way it's grown down in a way of born from above. Because here we're talking about like the simple reading of the Pasuk that Hashem said to them. That's from above. And from the revelation from above, what does Rashi say? Shkulim ke'echad, they're like one. They're like one because they're, they're, there's no room when you have that high level revelation from above. Everything's flattened, so to speak. There's no room for, for, for differentiation and, and, and distinctness. It's well, one, one achtus, one madrega, one, one unity. The second passage says, this was Moshe and Aaron. From here, he says, Moshe comes before Aaron. So what does that tell us? It has to be a higher level. Ah, so Rashi says, you know why it's a higher level? It's counterintuitive. Not because it's coming from above, because it's coming from below. They, in their mission and in their saintliness, in continuation to what it says, they were the ones that are speaking to Parai. They were the ones that fulfilled it. In other words, here we're talking about the human input. It's not Aved, it's not it's not the Aved of the human. So there's the Haim, the, the, the distinctness and the splitness. But Dafka, that, when it brings to, when you get to the Yichud coming from that place, that's when it gets expressed there's, that there's no difference from beginning to end. Because that's connected, has to be connected, as we said, from the highest level, from Atmos, from the essence of Hashem. That's higher than any gather, that's any attachment to change or division. In a revealed way, this is going to be when Mashiach comes. It says, Hashem, The world will be full of the knowledge of Hashem. And then we will have the merit that Moshe and Aaron will be with us with the coming of Mashiach Tzitkenu. Thank you.